Jesus, um, you, you kind of have to read between the lines of this gospel, but he's so good and so loving and so beautiful. We kind of have to break down the story to see it because it sounds like this is a story about taxes. It's not. It's about the story of the love of God. So the Pharisees are, are plotting how they might entrap Jesus in speech, it says. So literally, they're trying to get him to say something that they can take to the authorities that can lead to him being put to death. So this isn't they're trying to win an argument. They, ha- they are full of hatred for him, and they want him to die. There are places in the world where if you say the wrong thing, you die. Hopefully this doesn't become that place. You know, it's not that place now, but uh, that's a possibility. But again, uh, they're hoping to make him um, say something that they can use to destroy him. Him and the Herodians. So they show up, excuse me, the Pharisees and Herodians. They show up to him, and again, there is hatred in their hearts, and they want him to die. And then what do they say? They say, teacher, we know you're a truthful man, that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You're not concerned with anyone's opinions, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us, what's your opinion? It's like there's just poison on their lips. They're just being so flattering and kind. There's really something offensive in the way that they approach him and call him teacher. Especially at this time, to call somebody teacher was to say like, hey, I want to I follow you. I want to learn for you, from you. It's, it's the correlation of, of, of a person being a disciple. A disciple is somebody who lead, leaves their way of life to follow a person as their teacher. So they're saying like, hey, we want to be your disciples. And we know you're not concerned with anyone's opinion. So we want you to speak boldly, you know. Like, what's your opinion? You don't, you don't care what other people think. But again, in their hearts is nothing but hatred and this desire to destroy him. Jesus, in his first response, proves that, yeah, it's true that he does not regard people's opinion and he speaks the truth. And he says what? Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? It's like he just cuts through it all and reveals like he sees their hearts, he sees their malice and their hatred for him. It says he knows, he knows their heart and that they want him to die. He says, why are you testing me? But what's really interesting is what follows. What's following isn't just Jesus saying, I'll answer your question because you asked a question. What Jesus is trying to do is get to their hearts and connect with them and bring them home. So the very thing that they're trying to use to destroy him, he's going to transform in his response because no matter what we bring to him, He responds by wanting to come close to us. So they ask about whether it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. Caesar, of course, is the leader of the Romans. This is an occupied Roman territory at the time. They're trying to trap him because they think either he says, yep, you should pay taxes to Caesar, and that means he's not a true Jew and not a true Messiah. He's a traitor to the community. Or he'll say, no, you shouldn't pay taxes, and then they can get the Romans to come and kill him because he's trying to lead a rebellion against the Romans. So again, they're just trying to trap him. They don't, they don't care about the answer. But again, Jesus, who's ever creative and ever kind and ever good, he says, show me the coin that pays the census tax. And they have a coin. They bring him the coin and they show it to him. They hand it to him. And he says, whose image is this? And whose inscription? So coins like today oftentimes had an image on them, like a person's head, right? It's got words on it. He says, whose image is this and whose inscription? Like, who, who does it belong to? Who does it, who does it represent? 
what does it remind you of, the, the image? And they say, well, it's Caesar's. He says what? He says, repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. What does that last phrase mean? Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. This coin belongs to Caesar, and you can tell because of the way it looks. It has his image upon it. What belongs to God? What has his image upon it? At the time, it was unlawful to make an image of God, right? You shall not make graven images of the Lord your God. So there's only one thing in the world that carries in it the image, the likeness, the inscription of God. And what is that? Well, it's you. When Jesus sees you, he sees that you bear on yourself the image of God, the likeness of his Father. You carry God's, his image, his goodness. I was with some people and they have a little baby and they ask the question, like, who does, he look, who does she look more like, right? Mom or the dad? Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful thing as a child grows and you're like, oh my gosh, you're like your dad. If they say you're like your dad, that's usually good. If you say you're just like your dad, that's usually bad. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're like your dad. Good. You're just like your dad or your father. It's usually father. <laughs> you're like your dad. Good. You're just like your father. Not so good. Anyway, bring it back. Bring it back. Okay. You... You, you carry the family likeness of God. His image is upon you. So Jesus is kind of moving the taxes aside. He's like, yeah, 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 give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But he's looking at them and he says, but give to God what is God's. He is saying in his eyes and in his tone, you are mine and I want you and I love you. Even though you are trying to destroy me, to kill me, I just want you. Would you please give to me what is mine? Like you are mine. And like this coin, you have, you have value, but much, much more. You have immense, tremendous value. It's just stunning. Again, they're trying to kill Jesus and Jesus is trying to save them. This is what Jesus does. The cross is the manifestation of the fact that when we finally succeeded in killing Jesus, what did he do? He saved us. We are all guilty of the cross of Christ because of our sins. And in some ways, thank God, because he responds with salvation. He just wants you. He just loves you. There's nothing you can do to drive him away or make him change his mind about you. You're worth everything to him. And at every moment, he sees you in your true goodness and your true value, much more than you do. He holds that in his heart towards you and he just wants you, 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 you. As you receive communion today, that is your moment to give to God what belongs to God. Sin is the fact that even though we belong to God, we rebelled and we go off away from him. Salvation is letting him bring us back home. As you offer yourself to Christ in the Eucharist today, he offers himself to you so that you might become one. He's like, the stuff you have, give it back to the world. Like the things that you have, give away. But the thing that you are, no, that's for me. I claim you as my own, as my treasure, as my possession. Let's take a moment to just marvel at Jesus' kindness and his goodness, but also to give ourselves to him, to be faithful to this command, to give to God what belongs to God.
You are God's. You are his own. He has chosen you. You are his creature and his beloved possession. Please, please give yourself to him.